0: AI Mentors is brought to you by Allus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our podcast, AI Mentors, brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast tracking you to the top, AI Mentors cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career.
1: You're listening to AI Mentors. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Kate Strazny. Kate is the founder of Story by Data, and newly founded dedicated Academy. Kate, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, it's our pleasure. Well, first of all, anyone who is on LinkedIn and interested in data science will know who you are. You're probably one of the most active people in LinkedIn when it comes to promoting all things data science, data visualization. Um, so let's, let's start with a background of where, where all this started. How did you first get involved in technology um, what sort of roles did you hold along the way? And then taking us up to the, the, the many different projects that you're currently involved in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it all started back in Tajikistan. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go that far, but that is where I'm from. Um, I'll start with my, my first career. It actually started out in risk management um, and shifted to data analytics probably about six years ago when I was looking for an internal role and I just simply didn't want to do the consulting lifestyle of, you know, working nights, weekends, and long hours, and accidentally fell into an internal role where I was in charge of pulling insights using uh, Salesforce data and then using Tableau to pull those insights. That was really my first experience into data analytics, and I remember clearly trying to read up as much as I could about the topic so I can secure that job for longer than the allotted six months that I was told I would have it for. So my idea was I'll just be, uh, I'll just do my best and be the best data visualization person there is in order to secure the position. And it actually worked, but uh, as I continued on with my work, I would post things on LinkedIn or Twitter or YouTube at the time as well. Um, Meaning anything that I thought was difficult to learn, I would either create an article or record a video of myself doing that very thing that I thought was difficult so I could reference it later. Um, and also, thought if it helped me, maybe it'll help somebody else in the future. So that's really where it all started. And then I think just the, the data community is just so receptive of people who are on their journey that they basically, you know, I, I've gained followers, I've made friends, and just really just started building this data analytics community um, with various initiatives, which I'll talk through a, a couple of them briefly. But I had um, initially started a Humans of Data Science. Video podcast, which still goes on. I have volunteers conducting those interviews at the moment, but I think we have close to 100 video podcasts completed with individuals in data science across different industries, different backgrounds, um, different regions and countries, very diverse group of people. And it really helped me get to know them personally because, much like your um, podcast, they were also about 20 minutes in length, which is great for either a commute or a quick lunch break, right? Where you can get to know somebody and get to know their story. Um, and then I also started a dedicated challenge where it, it was a weekly but now it's a monthly challenge that people in the data community can participate in by writing blog articles on various topics and then they can win a, a prize or a couple of prizes which are either books or conference passes and that varies throughout, um, throughout the time. But yeah, that's essentially how it all got started. Just trying to share my information and reference it for myself later, but then also helping the community. And that, that's how that's how we got here.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it was your, your passion and interest which drove you to do all of these as extracurricular projects on top of your day-to-day job. But you've now since turned this into a full-time career. So um, please tell us about the newly launched uh, dedicated academy what was the the origins behind it and what is the objective and who should be using it whether it's individuals or organizations to educate their staff
2: yeah absolutely happy to chat about that it actually is a very new initiative so it launched um less than two weeks ago so june 15th was the official launch date of the academy um as of now there's one course on there which is visual best practices but i do have plans to expand this to several courses, um, likely all in the data visualization space, um, like advanced data visualization or using specific products like Tableau, Power BI, Click, R, Python, and seeing um, if I can expand that even further down the line. But the idea here is to create uh, fun and short courses that are professionally designed and are not boring to sit through and have high quality PowerPoints and you know even projects that people could go on and share. and basically building the data visualization community because there's also a a Slack channel that's associated with the academy. So extremely fun stuff. But before I even launched the academy, so I have this story by data company, which is kind of the overarching company that owns the dedicated academy. Um, And that's actually been focused on media partnerships, which is another, another thing that I really enjoy doing is partnering with companies that have really cool products in the data science, machine learning, or Um, AI space and helping them reach the audience, either my audience or their audience on LinkedIn. So partnering with conferences and just just software companies and trying to help them share their message with my audience.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And if if for anyone listening who's follows you, we we've seen some, some great partnerships, notably from the event side, ODSC and some, some major firms. So for people listening who, um, face the challenge of getting the, the broader workforce educated and up to speed on how data can impact the business. What have you been doing with, with your clients to help educate the wider business on the impact of data? And, and can you give us an example of uh, a particular organization who would come to you for help and what it is you, you're able to do for them?
2: Yeah, so as of now, I'm, I'm mostly focused on training their individuals on how to become data literate and also developing their own data visualizations that are effective at communicating their story. Because, the you know, you can have all the data in the world, but if you can't get the insights into the right minds or hands of the leaders that have to make the decisions, then it's not really worth much, right? So I think a lot of companies are struggling with that because they have a lot of data. I I forget the statistics. I think there was um, 80% or so of data collected is not actually used. And it could be for different reasons, right? It could be because it's just not, um, not useful, right? Or it could be because the organization is not sure how to either put data sources together to pull insights or even take separate data sources and pull insights from there. Uh, other other things I've seen is you know you have a great visualization expert who puts something together but can't really communicate that to the business or the leaders that have to make decisions um, using that data so I think there there are several gaps in the process but I do see a lot of improvement specifically with the help of data visualization software um, like Tableau Click and Power BI that just really makes it easy for even the business user to go ahead and grab that tool and I've taught several Individuals that it's not that scary right if you've only used Excel in the past and trust me This is even easier to those listening if you want to get started with analyzing visualizing data These drag-and-drop tools make it extremely easy for you to do so um, And then just taking it a step further learning about some of the best practices is what, is what I would recommend
1: Excellent excellent. Um I want to get your take on navigating the broader data community as a career, um, because you and I have talked previously about the various different roles that are popping up and it can be difficult for an individual to know uh, where they can go and how many different uh, opportunities are available. So, speaking as somebody who has found a niche that you're interested in, and I've I've now turned it into a full-blown career, what... Guidance or advice? Can you offer to people who are early on their journey, whether they are junior data engineers, data analysts, you know, associate data scientists? And the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know about this space. So, mm-hmm. how should how should an individual start to, to shape their own career direction? What advice could you offer?
2: Yeah, absolutely. This goes back to I think when I was in college, I, I was um, studying for a finance degree, and I remember trying to get interviews and then people would ask me, so what do you wanna do? And I would say, um, finance. And now, you know, several, several years later, I'm like, that was probably not a smart answer because you can't really get a job just by saying finance. You have to tell people exactly what it is you want to do or can do and can accomplish. So I think my advice here is to start anywhere, start where you are, right? If you're a data analyst and you want to venture into becoming a data scientist, or getting you know to be a data engineer, or even a you know, chief data officer, whatever your ambitions might be. I think starting where you are and just learning as much as you can about the different roles that are out there. And there really are several different roles. And sometimes a data analyst is doing the job of a data scientist, and sometimes a data scientist is doing the job of a data analyst. And I think there are different reasons behind this. It, one, I think could be a lack of definition and agreement on what the roles are responsible for. And uh, another one is partly uh, around compensation, where I think in some cases people might want to call themselves a data scientist versus data analyst in the hopes of you know, potentially making more money or organizations I heard are you know, putting out roles asking for data analysts. But when you read the job description, you see that the, they're really looking for like a senior data scientist but don't want to pay for that. So I think that there are some organizations out there, like I'm on an advisory board for an organization called IADS, which I believe is the Initiative of Analytics and Data Science Standards, um, but they're really trying to define the different roles. So if anyone's interested in actually looking into that, they've done extensive surveys and interviews with um, various leaders in different organizations, trying to get definitions around roles in this space, because I think we're still we're still not there. But uh, again, back to the advice is starting where you are and just doing, doing a great job there, but then also just trying to learn what other people in the organization are doing with data and trying to see what interests you because just because something is um sounds like it's making more money or it sounds more interesting it doesn't always mean it is so i think exploring and just trying to shadow those people or helping out on little projects here and there would give you that exposure
1: absolutely um question for yourself and how you manage to juggle the, the multiple different uh projects that you're involved in as well as staying current with the newest technologies because obviously a big focus now for you is educating people on on their best practices so how do you balance all of the projects plus allowing time to continuously upskill and then also allowing you know activities outside of work because i know you're you're a mom you're an avid runner so how are you able to juggle all of these things and still accomplish all that you do
0: uh,
2: yeah, that's a great question. It's actually come up before, and I think passion plus time management. For me, people always ask me, "Oh, how do you do all these things on LinkedIn?" And and I ask them, "Oh, well, how do you watch Netflix for six hours?" Right? For me, this is my Netflix. This is what I actually enjoy doing. So I think it doesn't even require balance or effort in a lot of cases because I truly, truly love engaging with the data community. So for me, it, it's just effortless. But I do know it also takes time, right? So just time blocking has actually helped me quite a bit where, you know, sometimes you have a busy professional who has a full-time job and they don't want to take time away from their job to let's say do some social media to help build their, their brand in the data community. I think if you're blocking 30 minutes um, a day, let's say right before you start work or during your lunch break or a little bit after work, whatever works for you, time blocking definitely helps because you no longer have that guilt of oh, I'm doing social media during work hours, and you're essentially focused on doing that specific thing that you want. So time blocking is, is one of my saviors.
1: I, I think it's a great point, the, the prioritization of what you want to accomplish and then... There's only so many hours in the day. You decide what's most important, and you'll find yourself focusing on that more than this stuff that's not. So, looking ahead, then, so a new venture for you, at Academy, got went live two weeks ago. It's funny because you and I spoke pre-COVID, just as COVID was hitting. Um, we were talking about you know embarking on on a startup and making that leap, and you know quite an interesting time to do it but you, you, you go all in on these things and you, and you make it work. What has been the learning experience for you in, in, in doing this and you know what are you most excited about when you look at the, the, the near future for the academy and story by data and what else can we expect from you?
2: Yeah, thanks. So, so yeah, we did speak a few months back and that's when I was planning my, my launch and I have zero regrets, though I didn't know uh, at, at that time that we're going into a global pandemic right so this this was a risk, but I actually think it's worked out in my favor because uh, especially with the media company and also with the the dedicated academy it it's all online right, and I think people have been forcibly in some cases and in others they're just willingly have been uh, placed into a basically a, a place in their life where they have to be online versus going to conferences right. So as an example, there are some companies that I've engaged with for media partnerships that had plans to sponsor booths at conferences, and they no longer can do that, but they had marketing budget. So they were able to engage me, so they conduct a LinkedIn live session instead, where they can still you know, talk about their product very, very indirectly, because most of my LinkedIn live sessions are 99% educational or and or entertaining, hopefully. Um, and, but it also gives them another platform to go out and, and talk about their products and services. And similarly with a dedicated Academy, um, I had plans to conduct some in-person training for some organizations and they've also gone online and basically my Academy is coming in at the right time because now they can leverage those pre-recorded courses that I already have in that Academy.
1: That's amazing. So, uh... As we start to anticipate the world post-COVID and, and, you know, you add in these new courses, what is going to be the evolution of Cated Academy? Where do you it being in two to three years' time?
2: Two to three years' time is a very long time. Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. I, I, I think in terms of weeks and months, but let's see. Let's try to do some prediction. Let If the world goes back to normal, I think... One other thing you can expect me to get back into is actually attending conferences. I had plans to speak at several international conferences, um, and I was really looking forward to it because, you know, I would get to see London and Budapest and, um, well, spend more time on the West Coast and really looking forward to that. So hopefully I can get back into doing that. But in addition to um, conference hopping, I, I would also engage more in in-person, physical, live data visualization training, which... I started quite a bit last year, but well, would definitely get into doing uh, more of that. So I would have the recorded sessions and then getting into physical training.
1: Amazing. We, we certainly know you're always going to be busy. Um, <laughs> I I, I want to ask some questions from the, from the perspective of, you know, an aspiring data professional. Um, when you look at the current landscape of, of career opportunities in, in data science, analytics, visualization, um, before one gets going and they start to experiment with what they like. If you were speaking to a class of seniors or somebody looking to make a career change, what would you offer as being, you know, important tips or pieces of advice that would help somebody make the transition from academia into industry or a career change? Anything involved within the world of data?
2: So my, my advice would be uh, to do a project either by yourself or as a team. And I typically advise people to do an individual project because that will give you the exposure into what it looks like from start to finish. And it will, one, tell you and show you if you're actually interested in working with data because I think like it's advertised as one of the you know, hottest fields and hottest jobs of the century. But there are also individuals that get into it and truly hate it. They hate the entire process. They don't like working with data. They get frustrated the data cleaning, data wrangling, the coding, um, so I, I'd say definitely do a project on your own and the way to go about that is you can either use Kaggle where they have multiple data sets you can work with or just download any data set, right, there are so many government websites that are now providing data to the public and ask, the, ask a question from the data and then go ahead and review the data, look at the data, try to answer those questions. And I always say, go a step further and actually present your findings in a video and post that video on social media or at least show it to your colleagues and friends so that they can provide feedback, Uh, specifically those colleagues that actually know about data analytics, data science, that can give you pointed feedback of how you can improve. And that also helps you practice your communication and presentation skills, which I think are really important in this space.
1: And also sign up to the Data Kate Academy. You left that part out. Absolutely, sign
2: up to the Data <laughs> Academy.
1: Great, uh, Kate. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I, I've been looking forward to this one for quite some time. Just given your your presence in the data community, um, it, it's amazing to see how you're able to do so much and still have such energy and enthusiasm for it. Um, final question is: What do you? What keeps you engaged? to this level what do you love most about what you do
2: i think it's the the people in the data community honestly and that's how the whole thing started i remember making my first post on linkedin and i got like three likes and one comment and i was like oh my goodness these people care and my my post was about setting goals and i think passing some kind of data certification and they were cheering me on people i didn't even know so i think i fell in love with the the feedback that i get from the data community and that's kind of what drives me
1: great and, and look for anyone listening you know it all starts with one post Kate has now built a, a fully fledged amazing business just by sharing content sharing her stories. so we encourage everyone else to do the same Kate thank you so much this has been an absolute pleasure and uh, I look forward to seeing you continue to accomplish great things
0: thank you so much for having me on the show get the oldest advantage become a member of the oldest community and enjoy some of the following AI meetups once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to Aldis members. And don't forget our AI on Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.Aldis.com. Aldis International. Empowering through AI.